Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Thursday. It is the fourth day of August. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Three state agencies are developing guidelines and real-time resources for city and county officials who may have to restrict water usage during a drought emergency. Tim Hall of the Iowa Department of Natural Resources says the first-ever state drought plan would leave decisions about limiting water usage to local officials. We're trying to set up a framework that will help local communities, local water utilities, emergency management folks be prepared to deal with a drought when it comes by answering those questions. What, what should we do and when should we do it? And we can provide the data and the information that helps them make those decisions. The latest information from the U.S. Drought Mitigation Center shows there are extreme drought conditions in four northwest Iowa counties, but water shortages have not dropped to the level of what's called an exceptional drought. A conservative nonprofit is suing the Linmar School District over a policy that allows transgender students to request confidential support at school. IPR's Grant Gerlach has those details. Under the rules adopted back in April, a student in seventh grade or older could ask to use a different name or pronouns without involving their parents. When it passed, supportive school board members said it put in writing procedures that were already in place based on federal law and state guidelines. Soon afterward, Governor Kim Reynolds and Representative Ashley Hinson held a closed meeting with Linmar community members upset by the policy. Now a group of unnamed parents is taking the district to court with a group called Parents Defending Education. They claim the policy violates their right to direct their children's education. They also say Linmar is violating the First Amendment by threatening to discipline students or staff who deliberately call a transgender student by the wrong name. District officials did not immediately respond to a request for comment. State health officials report a slight increase in the number of reported positive COVID tests in the past week. As of yesterday, there have been 7,300 positive tests in the past seven days. That marks a small jump of about 50 tests from last week's number. The New York Times reports 260 Iowans are currently hospitalized for COVID. That's up from 249 last week. State officials confirm more than 9,800 Iowans have died from the virus since the start of the pandemic. According to the Centers for Disease Control, 62.6% of all Iowans are fully vaccinated against the virus. Iowa City's mayor has called a special meeting after a Johnson County supervisor called for the removal of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's chair. The move is in response to Commissioner Almel Ali using a racist slur to describe Johnson County Supervisor Royce Porter. Both Ali and Porter identify as black. While Porter was initially a member of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, she frequently has called for the city council to disband it. She said she would remove Ollie if he, if rather the council did not. As a county supervisor, she does not have jurisdiction over the city commission. Ollie has apologized for the slur and said Supervisor Porter calling for her removal is an overreach. City Councilor Laura Burgess said responding to the demand by calling a meeting immediately was wrong. We have a, a member of another local government entity demanding that we take this action and we drop everything to do that. Um, And I I do not think that that's appropriate. Porter clarified that she was speaking as a leader of the Black Voices Project and not a county supervisor.
And a University of Iowa law professor says there are practical guidelines in a bill to update how the electoral college count for president is conducted. Derek Muller advised the bipartisan group of senators who developed the bill. He testified during a U.S. Senate committee hearing yesterday. The risks of failing to enact the Electoral Count Reform Act of 2022 are significant. Some have attempted to exploit ambiguities over the years, most significantly in 2020. To leave those in place ahead of the 2024 election is to invite serious mischief. The bill would make clear the vice president's role as Congress counts the votes of state electors is merely ceremonial. Also, under current law, one senator and one representative are able to lead an objection to a state's electoral count. The bill raises the objection threshold to one-fifth of the members of the House and the Senate. Mueller teaches classes in election law and federal courts at the University of Iowa College of Law. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Find this podcast wherever you subscribe. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.